Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Just better now. That's all you can say. Run, Lindsey. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Lindsey Scott. Welcome to the Blog the Dogs podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley here, as always, with my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, holler at the people. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed last week's podcast, and we get to talk about recruiting today. My favorite topic. Yeah, this is this is boss's bag right here. So he'll probably carry a lot of the water today, but I'll interject where I can. So let's kind of pick off where we left off last week. I know I had asked you if you could bet the mortgage on if James Coley would be wearing red and black uh, next season, if you would do it. And you said you'd bet the mortgage that he wouldn't be wearing red and black on February 7th. So it seems as though you're right on that. I think you need to find yourself a bookie that'll take some prop bets like that, my man. Man, I wish I could. I'd be making a killing on that. But I wish him the best at Texas A&M. That seemed to be where all all the tea leaves were pointing for him to go. And that's where he ended up. I mean, with all the history with Jimbo, it seemed like that's just what was going to end up happening. So, you know, he wasn't going to stay with Georgia with such a public demotion. That just wasn't going to happen. We've talked about that off the pod so many times that there was no way he was going to stick with Georgia as just an associate head coach. And Georgia still has now an open spot to fill. It doesn't look like Buster Faulkner is going to fill that role. He's been listed as something actually on the official Georgia website in the quality aspect of it. That's his official title. So I don't think that he's going to fill that role at this point. But as I said earlier, I wish Coley the best. And as long as he's not playing the dogs, I hope he rehabilitates his career and gets another bite at that apple at some point. And just that it's not against Georgia. Yeah, I think this is a good fit for him. Obviously, he had the history with um, with Jimbo, first at LSU, and then when Jimbo was at FSU. So a lot of connections there. I think it's a good fit for him. I think the official title is going to be tight end coach. But I think, obviously, this is about recruiting probably first and foremost because he does have that those good ties to South Florida and has had success there and you know I think we've talked about this before that he seems very likable I've noticed consuming all the media reports that everyone speaks highly of him he seemed to be well liked seemed to be somebody that folks got along with which if you look at his recruiting success kind of makes sense right he probably plays really well in the living room and that makes sense if he also does well with media members and colleagues and things of that nature so i'm with you i I wish him the best this is not a surprise kind of like you said all the reports seem to be that he was he was going to be out the door after the monk and hire and in all honesty that's it's probably for the best i think it makes it less awkward for everyone involved to not kind of have that tension there whether it's spoken or unspoken so everybody will turn the page and and start over in 2020 new decade new beginnings for everybody i'm i'm with you i wish him the best of luck i think he'll do well there great facilities to recruit to big time program so i'm sure he'll kill it there and kind of watch from afar and we don't we don't see them for a little while do when when do we go back to college station not not soon is it 
Nah, as far as I know, I think it's six, seven years we'll go we'll head out that way. So he probably won't be there when the next time we head out that way, the next time we see Texas A&M. I'm going to try to make that trip. That's that's on the list for me. I'm trying to see all of the SEC road stadiums. I've done Tennessee, so I've been in Neyland and Knoxville. I was actually at the Nick Chubb ACL game, which was also the gigantic Tennessee comeback game. It was just a miserable, miserable day. It rained all morning. The smoker we had there that day for the tailgate caught on fire. So whole day, it was actually, that was actually indicative of the whole day. It was just a gigantic <laughs> smoker fire. No, Neyland was good though. I'd probably go back there. It, it was cool. I, I didn't think it was the best stadium I'd ever been to, but worth the experience. I have been to Atlanta multiple times. We, you were actually with me in Atlanta for my bachelor party. We saw him play Boise State in the the Power Ranger uniforms. It was not exactly a fun night either. We were also uh, we had imbibed a little bit too much the night before, so uh, things were a little hazy. Yep, I saw Kellen Moore uh, pick the defense apart. Boy, he sure did. That was an interesting year, wasn't that? The zero and two start. They lost to South Carolina the next week, and then what? Reeled off ten straight, and then got dump trucked by LSU. And then lost the, and then lost to Michigan State and white boy Kirk Cousins, and and I want to paraphrase that you know we are both Caucasian males, but Kirk Cousins when we say this just has no clout. He is just very 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 white. He's about as dweeby as it gets. Yeah, that, that's what we mean by that. Nah, nothing about anything like that. It's just he doesn't look like a leader. Doesn't look like someone that you know men want to follow. No, not my guy. Not my guy. But you know. People in Minnesota seem to like him, but I just think he's he's just a pair of shoes, man. Well, let's kind of shift from that and talk about some uh, – James Coley was obviously a subtraction from the program, but there was an addition this week. Number one pro-style quarterback for next year, Brock Vandegriff, uh, from down the road in Prince Avenue Christian High School, announced his commitment to the Dogs this week. That's exciting. I think the it's 14 miles from Sanford Stadium, so legitimately a hometown kid. I think that's fantastic to keep these these big time recruits that are from the state of Georgia in state. Obviously, a good thing too from a centerpiece perspective to have that foundational piece of the recruiting class be a quarterback. What, what were your thoughts when you when you saw the news that he was coming to Athens? I was extremely excited. First and foremost, there's going to be two sides of this camp. There's going to be Vandergriff and there's going to be William. This is the closest thing that meaning Caleb Williams. This is going to be the closest thing to Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields for the number one quarterback spot that we've seen since those two. I mean, I know that was only a couple of years ago, but you know there wasn't that real battle really last year for it. It really, this was, from what I understand, a first come, first serve, you know, which one wanted to come to Georgia first. And to get a quarterback, get a leader of your class in, in the fold so quickly, it's eight months now until early signing day, which really has become signing day at this point, let's be realistic. And then to be the focal point of your class and to, you know, be the leader of that class and to bring other people in. And then also take on the other fact, he's really good. People will talk about, and I've seen a lot of people, you know, worried about his, that he plays at, you know, class 1A. Watch the film, guys. He's, he's amazing. He's very accurate. The only thing that I will say that will need to be worked on a little bit, which I think Munkin will correct, is his release looks a lot like a baseball release right now, but he's just so quick with his release that it doesn't matter. But obviously that's in high school. Also, I didn't really hear anybody complaining about our, the wide receiver Robinson that we brought in. He played at Eagles Landing Christian, also 1A school, one of the biggest rivals, Brock's school. Another thing, this is a 1A school that's going to be on a national televised game, I believe in November, against Gunnar Stockton's team. 
who's the number one quarterback recruit for 2022. So maybe he played in a small school, but it's a big time program. I, and he also comes from great pedigree. His dad is a coach. Um, his dad is a defense, came, comes from a defensive background. So he's been looking at defenses since he learned how to play football. He's got a great background. I just, I'm just really excited about this kid in case you can't tell. I think it's going to be great for the program. And he may take a little bit of time to develop, but as a five-star kid, I would expect if he doesn't come in and take the reins right away, middle of his freshman year, I expect him to be pushing for playing. Yeah, a couple of the main things I like about him, and you spoke to the first one, is that he's a coach's kid. His dad, Greg Van Griff, is the head coach of Prince Avenue Christian, uh, got his coaching beginnings with Mike Smith. So he's got a lot of, uh, of good pedigree there. You know, he's grown up around the game. He's got his dad's defensive perspective to lean on. So I just think that's a benefit. He's going to be able to see the defense through, you know, both pairs of glasses, which is fantastic. The other part about it is he's a multi-sport athlete. So you, you got a kid who, who can do a lot of things. You always want a kid to be athletic and be able to move. And you just hope that that all translates. I think the other great thing is just from a recruiting perspective, you have a, a quarterback who kind of acts as that alpha dog in the class, and hopefully he can be like the Pied Piper to get everybody else to come too. And I think guys will latch on to that and know, hey, we've got the guy who's going to lead the program on the offensive side of the ball, and, and we want to go be a part of that. And so I think all those things are big. I think it's a, it's, it's a good piece to add this early and then gives them some momentum going into the 2021 class and kind of keep things moving and rolling. Speaking on this year's recruiting class, I know there's a couple big names that are out there that, that we're looking at for National Signing Day, one being Broderick Jones, the other one being Cedric Van Pran. You want to speak to to where you think those things, if you were handicapping it, how solid do you think their verbal commitments are to the dogs? For Broderick, I, I think his is solid. I think we're looking at 75-25 at this point. I know with Auburn you know, being the one lurking in, in the wings that a lot of people always get nervous about that because it's Auburn and we've seen we've been down this road so many times before with players. It needs to be they're walking down the aisle and then they seem to turn up at the last second and run off with Auburn. So I, I know there's that fear and he has his official coming up with them the last weekend right before National Signing Day. I don't see it. He's from Lithonia. I think he's going to be a dog. I think he's all dog. I think him and Luke really hit it off. I mean, let's not forget that offensive line coach for Auburn is now Matt Luke's old offensive line coach at Ole Miss. So it's not like he, they've had a lot of time to build a relationship either. And Luke seems like a player's coach. He just like he looks like somebody I would have loved to play for. And I really feel like that that's something that Project and Van Pran are going to just gravitate to. Uh, as far as Van Pran, I, I won't say 100 because nothing's ever guaranteed in life, but I'd say 98, 99% as far as he goes. I, I think his is solid as solid can be. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of message boards. I, I wish I had insiders, inside information, which I don't, but everything seems to be that this kid is just one of those really well-spoken kids, really mature for his age, and he has said in an interview, I can't remember who did the interview. I wish I did. I'd give him credit. But in an interview that if it was based solely on football, and this was back when Pittman was there. I think this was before his senior season, that if it was based solely on football, as far as put, like putting linemen in the league, he would choose LSU or Alabama as his school. But he's thinking about after school and looking at the networking after school. And Baton Rouge and Tuscaloosa don't have that type of 
networking capabilities that the Atlanta area does. And he has a lot of family that's from Atlanta. He also has a lot of family that's moving to Atlanta. I don't think you're going to have most of your family move to Atlanta unless they're going to, they're moving to come see you play. That just doesn't make sense to me. So I think his is much more solid than, than Broderick, but I still think Broderick is, is rock solid. Yeah. I feel good about both of them. I think the Luke hire is going to just turn out to be a home run. I mean, I loved what I heard and saw from him in the lead up to the sugar bowl. I, there was an ESPN show. I don't know if it was this past year or the year before that followed Old Miss's program. It was like a little half hour show, followed him week to week for eight or nine weeks or something. I was just really, really impressed with him, really impressed with the demeanor he had, really impressed with how he fired up the kids. So when I saw they hired him, I was so jacked up. I mean, I just thought it was a, a great hire. I think he'll be great with the kids. I feel like it's always a good thing to have an, another head coach, a guy with head coaching experience in the room. I just think there's some clout to that. So I think they're both probably going to be dogs come National Signing Day. You know, I'll I'll let you speak to this just because this is your area of expertise. Just a little background here. Uh, Boss and I grew up together playing football. He was my center and and I played quarterback. So he's been protecting my behind for a long time. But, you know, this is the thing, man. You know, this is your area of expertise. When we watch the games, I'm moaning about the edge and I'm moaning about the quarterback play. And Boss is like, can't believe he missed that assignment or i can't believe he didn't make that switch and so it's like hieroglyphics to me but but this is your bag so what do you think uh what do you think the possibility if they both do commit is of them seeing early playing time next year well i don't dislike trey hill i want to point this out i just don't think his natural fit is center and i think that his natural fit is guard i feel that the the hope is that he will slide into one of the guard positions at this point in time. The assumption is that Cleveland's coming back. I don't think we've heard an official announcement yet on that. I know his dad's come out and said he's coming back, but it has been injury prone in the past two seasons. So it's not like we don't need guard depth from everything I've seen with Van Pran. He's in the right spot every single time. He may not always get the block, Every single time, but he is in the right spot and he gets everybody else in the right spot every single time, which is extremely impressive for an 18 year old kid to at that high classification. There's a reason he's the number one center. Most centers in high school, they aren't just rated as a center and aren't this highly rated. I know two years ago, Clay Webb was rated as a center, but even he said when he came in, he wanted to start at guard. Van Pran's like, no, I'm a center. That's, that's what I am. I'm coming in as a center. There's no plan on switching. So for him, he's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's a really intelligent kid. I feel that he is going to have a good shot if they decide to move Hill. If they're not planning on moving Hill this year, I don't think the plan is to keep Hill there his entire career. I think the plan is to move Hill around to guard at some point and either Webb or Van Pran take his spot. My thought process is, is whatever is going on with Webb, with his situation, the reason they're bringing in Van Pran is to put Van Pran at center. Maybe they see Webb more as a guard now, now that he's been in the system for a year. As far as Roger Jones, man, <laughs> that kid is strong as an ox. His technique needs some work. He is just unbelievably strong. There are times that you see him and his footwork looks a little off, but he's just so athletically gifted another multi-sport athlete great basketball player so athletically gifted that the guy can't get past him and they don't even come close to getting past him because he's just so big and so strong and so athletic that he gets out there 
he could be Andrew Thomas. He's not as technically sound as Andrew was when he came in. I don't think he's going to start right away. I don't think he's going to start at left tackle if he does start. I think he's probably going to start on the right side if he does start. He may not be a day one starter. I think he's probably like mid-season beat someone out. I think the offensive line is going to be very fluid this year to start off with. I don't think we're going to have a set offensive line until probably week six, probably. You know, we're playing Alabama week three, so we really want to have a set line by them, but I just don't see it happen because I think it's going to be very... What are your thoughts on this? Because I've been thinking a lot about this since they announced the Monken hire. Do you think there will be, and I I think Matt Luke plays in this a little bit too, because I think they did some of these things at Ole Miss under his tenure, but do you think that the offensive line philosophy could shift this year from the... I feel like in the Sam Pittman era, the first four years of Kirby, it's been this. We are going to be road graders that line up and physically punish you up and down the field. Uh, Not as much of this, we're going to get our guys out on the edge and do these zone blocking concepts and things of that nature where we have to maybe be a little shiftier, uh, a little bit more agile. I just I know when we've watched games together, we've talked a lot about how Solomon Kenley looked in that offense, and he seemed like the prototypical guard for what their philosophy was at that time, which was we just want to line up and punch you in the mouth. But do you think with Todd Monken coming in, with Matt Luke coming in, with the kids they're recruiting on the offensive line, if that philosophy may shift a little bit and the O line becomes I don't maybe more of an agile piece, more of a, a piece that involves some movement, some different reaches, zones, pulls, things of that nature. I definitely do. I think that we're going to see more, like you said, agile linemen. We're going to see linemen that are going to be pulling. I think we're going to see more linemen moving around like we saw. We're going to see more Isaiah Wynn types, for lack of a better term, um, tackles that can move out in space. They're still going to be big but they can move out in space. That's not to say that the tackles that we've had in the past could move out in space. I mean, we saw, you know, in the past, Andrew Thomas do that. We just didn't see it last year. Two years ago, we saw him move out in space quite a bit. Three years ago, in 17, we saw him move out in space a lot. We pulled a lot in 17. and It seemed like when Cheney was here as the OC, there was a lot more pulling concepts, but that seemed to, shift less and less in 18 and that was pretty much non-existent last year until there it came back a little bit towards the end of the season but by that point we were who we were you can't really you know change it at that point but with Luke I've heard that he prefers a little bit lighter leaner linemen I mean I'd love to see the days where we bring in and you know we have a David Andrews that you know pulls every third play Um, I don't know if we're gonna have that ever happen again but I could see where that more agile linemen are going to move around quite a bit more and get them out in space, especially if we're going to run the screen game more. The tackles are going to have to get out there to help with that wide receiver screen, stuff like that. They're going to have to be able to. Yeah, I, that's kind of where my brain was going with is I just feel like based on what they've recruited on the perimeter and what they're recruiting at the at the slot position or, or the or what we think are going to be guys that play in the slot and then just even what the what certain backs they have on the roster look like. For example, I think James Cook is is obviously not going to be your between the tackles guy who's going to be busting things up in your physical back, but I think he has a skill set that 
really has been underutilized at this point, which is to get him on the edge, get him in free space, let him use that speed and and be a dynamic game breaker. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Uh, to stay on the, the running back topic and touch on this briefly, just because I kind of know what your thoughts are on it and know where you're heading with it. But what do you think the odds are of Zachary Evans being a dog come National Signing Day? Well, before I answer that, I do want to say we could probably spend a good 45 minute episode talking about James Cook's underutilization. So, yeah, it's really been frustrating. I mean, not I'm saying that he's a stud or anything like that. It's just it seems based off what we have seen of him in in limited bites, whether it be G-Day games or whether it be in regular season games, it just seems like there's a spark there that they could utilize or game plan around. We haven't seen it. I thought it was going to happen this year, but just just didn't happen for for whatever reason. So you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully, Todd Munkin's got some some plans for Mister Cook. I'd love to see it. So on Zachary Evans, if I could give a less than zero percent chance, I would. <laughs> this has been the strangest recruitment. I mean, there have been some strange ones. I don't know what's going on with this. I mean, I love recruiting. Other than the season, the part this part of the off season is my favorite thing and during the season i love the recruits follow the visits all that stuff i'm all over social media like seeing the likes and stuff like that i just i love recruiting and this one though is just like the ups and downs and the twists and turns it's just i don't know it's like watching a soap opera it really is i just hope that wherever this kid lands he lands in a good situation and that whatever is going on that has influenced him to make the decisions he has made whether they be good or bad, just back off and let the kid mature. Because it seems like it just reminds me of, you know, kids getting bad advice, like uh, leaving early from college to go to the NFL and looking for a payday. Then they end up undrafted and like in the arena league or, you know, like Trenton Thompson, who's trying to make an XFL roster right now. And just, it's just stuff like that. It just, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the ins and outs, but there had to be several other things that have happened that we don't know about, and we're never going to know for hit for Georgia to release him from his LOI. And this isn't a resolution that's going to happen on National Signing Day because, from my understanding, he can't sign another national letter of intent. I don't think we're going to know where he's going to be playing until he enrolls and somewhere and is in summer camp somewhere. And then the transfer portal, he, we may not know that. We may not know, know where he's going to be until he's on the field somewhere. And then who knows what's going to happen. I mean, there's really just no telling what's going to happen with this kid. I just, I really hope he's not wearing orange because there's rumors circulating that it could be Florida, it could be Tennessee. I really don't want to see that because we hate orange, but I really hope that he just figures it out and he does what's best for him and not from the people that are influencing him because it seems really seems like he's getting some bad advice somewhere. Yeah, I mean, just from a talent perspective, he seems very gifted, right? I mean, had a had a big game in the All-American game, has had a good high school career, but you just hope that it can match up the, the mental piece of it with the physical piece of it and and become a stud, whether that's with us or with somebody else. That's what I always, I always hope that for all these kids, that they go somewhere and achieve all their dreams and, and reach their max potential and all those things, just because, you know, they obviously love it. They've been playing it all their lives. And a kid like him, who's obviously been blessed with some superior physical abilities, and you just hope he puts all that together and, and shines, man. So I'm with you. I, I hope wherever he ends up, whether it's in Athens or whether it's somewhere else, I hope he he tears it up, man. I hope he puts it all together and, and gets after it. From a Georgia perspective, the, the good part from the fans' perspective is that 
it's not a must have. So if he's in Athens, great. I hope, I hope our system fosters him and, and gets everything um, that he can get out of his talent. I hope he gets all of it and, and goes on the pros and has a great ter- career. But if, if the dogs don't get him, there's some great talent already there. I mean, I think everybody's jacked up to see Zeus. Everybody likes James Cook. I, I love Kenny McIntosh. Super excited to see what Kendall Milton's going to do. I mean, I think that's been very undersold, his addition. I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, I think behind the scenes, he was kind of a, a pod piper for this class. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that group can do and what they can be, especially with the different opportunities they're going to get in a, in a Munkin system. The running back room at Georgia is never really something that I worry about. So if he ends up being there, great. If not, hey, man, hope he, hope he tears it up somewhere else. It always seems like the kid that commits early, it's always like, okay, who's next? So it's like Milton's been committed right. for so long that it's like people seem to forget about right. him. But, I mean, he was a five-star recruit in his in his own right. It wasn't like he was a three-star recruit out of the top 300 or whatever. I mean, he was a top 30 recruit in the country. Early enrollee, I mean, that's the other part you love about him. Obviously very loyal to, to UGA, West Coast kid, but you know, loves Athens, loves the UGA, loves the program, early enrollee. You know, I love all that stuff. I think all that all that stuff matters. I think it integrates into the culture of the program, integrates into the possibilities for success, not just for the individual, but for the team itself, because everybody's kind of bought in. So I mean I'm excited to see what Milton does. Not to close on like a somber note or anything, but since the last time we spoke, obviously the news of Kobe Bryant's untimely passing um, came out along with the other eight individuals on board, obviously tragic news and we're a sports podcast. So we're going to talk about it briefly. I'll, I'll just submit the whole thing is tragic and it's less about Kobe Bryant and more about the, the whole event that nine folks aren't getting to go home to their family, that people lost fathers, brothers, daughters, sons. It's just it's just an awful, awful thing. I think what struck me most about it, and I think it was probably the same for you, we both have kids. And I just think about it from the perspective of he doesn't get to go home and be a father to his other three girls and his little girl doesn't ever get to go home and grow up with her sisters or with, with her mama. And I mean, that part of it with with Kobe and Gigi just, man, and it's that way for all the families, you know, whether it be the Altabelli family or, or, or any of the families involved, it's just a tragic, tragic situation. And, uh, you know, you just pray for those families and pray that they find some peace and some comfort and that they're surrounded by strong networks just because uh, I just, I can't fathom having to deal with that as a father or, or as a husband or, or just as a family in general. So, what what were your thoughts? I know it. I know it kind of hits your heart like it did mine as well. Yeah, I'm, I agree. The the hardest thing is, I mean, you know, I I'm not a basketball fan. I never really have been. But I mean, anyone under the planet knows who Kobe Bryant is. I mean, I was when he first came into the league and he was drafted by Charlotte. I remember Charlotte trading him and then him going to the Lakers. And I remember despising those Laker teams because you know. Yeah. They were the the evil empire at that point in time. Him being such a public figure, it's you see the the man he was, and more importantly, you see the father he was. And it's just being a dad. You know, I have four girls. It's just seeing all the videos pop up and seeing all the pictures that pop up of him and his daughters. It's just and it's just like all over social media still. And this takes nothing away from the other families, and I'm not trying to take away from the other families. It's just because he's such a public figure, it's what always pops up. And it's like, I have to scroll past it really quick because I want to tear up. 
because I yeah. think about my girls and I'm just, you know, I want to go home and hug them, but I'm at work or I'm on my, you know, I'm in my car or I'm, you know, I'm at a stoplight or whatever it is. So I'm starting to get choked up now just thinking about it. So it, it's gut wrenching. I feel so terrible for everyone involved and I pray for them and I hope that they're able to find some peace going forward because I can, cannot imagine what they're going through. I just, I hope that they're able to find peace at some point. I echo that. I, I think that, you know, we obviously pray for the families and, and, and pray that they can find whatever, whatever peace is out there for them. And, and that, uh, that they're just wrapped up in, in the love of, of the ones that are still here with them and, and can help them get through what, what I, I mean, I just can't even fathom it. I can't, I can't fathom how you process that loss or, or where you go with it. So our prayers are certainly with them and, and we hope they, they come out of this on the other side as best as they possibly can. So uh, we're going to close with that today just because um, it's kind of been on both our hearts all week. And we hope you come back and, and join us next week. Thank you for being with us this week. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the to the podcast. Go ahead and review it for us. Uh, do the best that you can. The, the more of those that you do, the, the more people can see and, and will come hang out with us, bark with us a little bit. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, blog, the dogs, that's AWG on, on blog and dogs and come back and see us next week. We'll, we'll probably do an episode on Super Bowl Sunday and talk about some things like McColl's possibilities for that game and, and we'll keep it rolling. So go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details